You cannot ask good questions if you behaviorally want to do all the talking. You may be really good at understanding what you might want to ask. You might have some good curiosity that compels you to want to ask. And you might even have the empathy needed to ask in an appropriate, engaging way. But if you have this one particular behavior and it's dominant, where you want to do the talking, where you're always thinking about doing the talking because you want to share your expertise, you want to share a story, you want to impress the prospect, you're never going to ask the questions. You're not going to learn. That's Dan talking about how behaviors show up in your prospect conversations. As you pursue elite performance, do you have self-awareness in areas like empathy, communication, or question asking? In this episode, we dig deep on behavior to help you understand how it impacts your process and conversations. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. All right, Kylie, so last week I had the opportunity to do some travel and spend three days with the client. It felt great. And one of the things that we reviewed was the importance of understanding behavior and how much more important behavior is versus skill. Tell me more about this experience. Kylie, what it was is we were in, in this workshop and we were talking through one of the assessments that we use to help individuals identify what behaviors and what, what behavior tendencies they bring into their conversations and into their careers. And it was interesting to watch them process and absorb how important actual behaviors are and that the behaviors are what drives the ability to use a skill or not use the skill, improve or not improve. So like, for instance, we talked about questions how important it is to emphasize and prioritize learning when you're with a prospect versus sharing and telling. And that if you want to get good at questions, it's not just simply write down 15 questions and make sure you ask them. There's so much more behaviorally that goes into someone's success or ability to ask powerful questions. So Dan, what are the components? One of the key behaviors to be asking powerful questions is this idea of, are you a trusting person or a skeptical person? Because innately, you're one or the other. You're either going to gravitate toward you're a trusting person, or you're going to gravitate toward you're a skeptical person. The Goldilocks zone is in the middle, curiosity. So someone who's trusting is going to take things at face value. You can teach them questions all day long. You can have, help them role play questions all day long. But if they're overly trusting as a person, they're still going to struggle with asking questions that they might be excellent at asking because they don't feel the urge of curiosity. They don't feel that, that energy that drives them to learn more. So if you're an overly trusting person, you got to work really hard at understanding that and trying to drive more curiosity if you're going to get good at asking questions. What happens if you're an overly skeptical person? 
when you do ask questions, you might sound like an asshole. Or an interrogator. Or an interrogator. Because people can tell you're doubting. People can tell that you're skeptical. And so you might ask the questions, but you're asking them in such a fashion that might put off the recipient. The recipient may not appreciate how you're asking. And if the recipient doesn't appreciate how you're asking, they're going to give a half-assed answer. How do you overcome that? Again, I think it's about knowing your innate tendencies, knowing the behavior. Are you trusting? And then being willing to adjust it and manage it in the moment. You don't have to change who you are, but you do need to learn how to manage it, self-regulate it. But here's another big one that you and I talk about all the time, Kylie. Again, using the same example, the value of asking powerful questions that engages the other human being comes down to empathy. Can you think of the most recent example where you were in a conversation and somebody was asking you really good questions? No. It's rare, isn't it? It's rare. But if we use empathy, as a human being, you're either somewhere in between highly sensitive or very tough-minded. A tough-minded individual would be more like a um, General Patton, a Bill Belichick, um, a Vince Lombardi type right? Tough as nails on the outside. There's no uh, gray areas. It's just black and white, right? It is what it is. Suck it up. And then the overly sensitive person on the other realm, they get so caught up in other people's feelings, they tend to take the other person's feelings on as their own. And so it makes it hard for them to communicate sometimes. The sweet spot again is somewhere in the middle, which is empathy which is you're able to put yourself in the shoes of another human being and ask yourself, or you can tell yourself, how would I feel if I received this question? And then you use that to ask your question. And that's what empathy is, right? Sitting across the table from someone saying, if I'm them, how would I receive this question? And then mindfully asking the question with that empathy in place, right? A great example we always talk about, Kylie, is this. It's at the end of the meeting, the C-suite says to you, hey, I'd like to meet again. Someone who lacks empathy, but knows that they want to find out why does that C-suite want to meet again, is just going to turn to the C-suite and say, okay, why do you want to meet again? It's a legit question. It's a strong question. How it's asked stinks. There's no engagement. A little abrasive. Yes. That person may not mean to be abrasive, but what what that tells me is they don't know how to increase empathy. They don't know how to manage their tough-mindedness, their directness. Now, someone who has empathy at the end of that meeting might turn to the C-suite and say, okay, I understand. We'd like to meet again. I don't want to be assumptive here. And so we can better prepare for our next conversation. Can you tell me what's a little bit on your mind right now? What makes you want to meet again? Much more engaging, more likely to have a decent answer or a continued conversation on what's on that C-suite's mind, all because of the empathy. The questions are the same. It's the empathy that makes the difference. Well, and I think just to help those who may be on one side of the scale or the other, if you feel like you need to have more empathy, there are certainly ways that you can deploy tactics and help train yourself to demonstrate empathy. 
And then on the other side, if you feel like you are a highly sensitive person, there are things that you can do to protect your emotions and your energy so that you don't take on the emotions and the energy of somebody else in a conversation. The key to all of that though, Kylie, is work. You have to put the effort in. So you have to make an investment in yourself by first understanding how are you innately wired and then learning how to self-assess and self-regulate. But another behavior, and we see this a lot, so I would say probably up to 30 or 35% of the sales professionals that we've worked with spend too much time talking. So what that means is from a behavioral standpoint, on a scale of privateness where one side is they're very forthright, they're very direct, they need to communicate, they need to share. And on the other side of the scale is privateness and discreet. Most salespeople, at least about 30% of them will fall more into the forthright, want to share, need to share, need to communicate. Those are the individuals that if they're not talking, they're thinking about talking and they're not listening. You cannot ask good questions if you behaviorally want to do all the talking. You may be really good at understanding what you might want to ask. You might have some good curiosity that compels you to want to ask. And you might even have the empathy needed to ask in an appropriate, engaging way. But if you have this one particular behavior and it's dominant, where you want to do the talking, or you're always thinking about doing the talking because you want to share your expertise, you want to share a story, you want to impress the prospect, you're never going to ask the questions. You're not going to learn. Well, and I think you're doing everybody else a disservice because I'll just give you an example. I've got some clients who definitely like to do the talking. And in a group setting where these people are the ones that are always sharing the other people in the room don't feel like they need to share anything because so-and-so is already doing all of the talking and it lets them off the hook. And we do the same thing with our prospects. This behavior, which is forthright and direct and the need to communicate and share, it's the easiest to pick out. So if I'm coaching, if I'm in a workshop, if I'm in a conversation with a small group, it's, it's quite easy to figure out who lacks the filter. Yeah. Th these are the word vomiters. <laughs> and what's funny is they can have great energy. They can be very friendly and engaging, intelligent. They have a lot of other really solid behaviors that could lend themselves to being successful. But this one is the one that holds them back because they just do too much of the talking. I also think on the other side of this, with the people who are so private and so hesitant to talk, it makes it really hard for you to establish trust, build relationships, and increase rapport with other people because they feel like they can't get to know you. So we've been talking about the skill of asking questions, and we've covered three behaviors already. You know, we've covered curiosity empathy, and the ability to listen. We got to add a few more. The ability to connect verbal dots in a conversation is a behavior. It's how you listen. It's what you listen for. It's what you're connecting. It's not your IQ, but how well or how 
efficient and effective are you at connecting dots? As a consultant, your role and responsibility, number one, is to be an excellent listener. And number two, to ask good, objective questions that helps your prospect broaden their perspective about their business or what they're doing. That's what excellent consultants do first and foremost. But if you're not investing the time and the effort to expand your ability to connect dots verbally in a conversation, either through reading and writing, you're not putting yourself in a position, again, to ask powerful questions. And if you're doing all the talking because you're very forthright and you're very direct, again, you're not putting yourself in a position to leverage a potential strength of yours, which might be your ability to connect dots as your prospect speaks, and then follow whatever the statements that they're making with good second and third and fourth level questions. So improving your verbal capacity does matter. I will say that too much of that can lead to making assumptions and rushing through conversations. I've noticed myself in conversations where I feel like I see where the conversation's going. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, let's hurry up and get there, land the plane. And I get impatient in conversations. So I think we've got to be mindful that too much of a good thing can also lead to challenges too. One more, Kylie, could be, we could call it assertiveness or we can call it boldness. You're in a conversation with the owner of a company and a president and you know you want to ask a certain question. You know you want to use empathy. Your curiosity light is green. You've connected the dots, but you also know sometimes you have to have a bit of boldness to ask whatever it is that you're asking, especially if it's one of those really powerful questions that helps people really think different about what they're doing. You got to have boldness. And that's a behavior. As a human being, you can be shy, you can be passive, or you can be assertive and bold. And you have to learn where you are on that continuum. If you're shy and you're passive and you're a consultant, you owe it to that prospect to increase your assertiveness and ask the questions that need to be asked. If you're overly bold though, you also need to be careful that you're not dominating the conversation with too many questions, or in this case, maybe too much of your own opinion as well. This is the value and the importance of behavior. If you don't understand your innate behaviors, it's going to be really hard for you at excelling at asking great questions. So we always say behavior first, mindset and then the skill itself, which is in this case, asking questions. For our listeners out there, it's great that you're investing in your skills. It's great that you're investing in your mindset. You also want to try to invest in understanding your behaviors, not your personality, your behaviors. There are plenty of assessments out there that do measure behaviors. Highly encourage you, go take one, go take two, so that you can truly get a benchmark of where some of your innate behaviors fall and start to understand how they impact the skills that you use in a conversation, which obviously is going to impact the trust that you build and the results that you create. At the end of the day, you can learn skill all day long. 
and you can role play it and you can take notes on it. But the catalyst for getting better is your behavior because your behaviors dictate your actions. And so I want to make sure our audience understands that skills great, but it'd be great if they could invest some time understanding their innate behaviors. And there's a lot of different assessments out there that, that our audience can use. Just make sure it's behavior-based, not personality-based. We happen to use one called the 16PF. It's easy if you're interested in that. You can reach us at breakingsales at lapin180.com, but I want to be clear, this is not to position our behavioral assessment. Go choose your own. Explore this on your own. Just remember, though, if you want to get better at certain skills, you got to understand what your innate behaviors are that contribute to those skills. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right. Do we have another episode?